Uh, we are beginning a series on uh, hearing God, and it's going to take us up to Christmas, and then perhaps after Christmas, depending on uh, how uh, long we go. And since we're talking about hearing God, let me just remind you about uh, how you listen to a sermon. Uh, sometimes people come in here and just think that a sermon is just you sitting there listening to a talking head. Uh, that's not what a sermon is supposed to be. A sermon is supposed to give you an opportunity to hear what God is saying through what God has spoken to me and what God has said in his word. And so the proper way to have a sermon is not about how amazing I am. It's about I want to be hearing God. And so please be listening to God as we go throughout this series. I think you need to reset that projector, Mike. If you can unplug that little uh, power, it's really getting shrunk there. Or I can look that way. We are going to be talking about hearing God, and this is exciting because this is one of the most important things that we can learn to do as followers of Jesus. Uh, there is a lot of wonderful stuff in the Bible, and we need to be students of the Scriptures, but uh, when you open up the Bible and you're struggling to make a decision at work, sometimes you can't find the answer here. Uh, sometimes when you're wondering the best way to, to talk to your spouse in a difficult marital situation, you look and you can't find the, the specific answer in this book. We need to be people who learn to hear what God is saying. Is what Jesus said. He said that he only does what he sees the Father doing. He was someone who was constantly looking to see where God was working and constantly looking to hear what God was doing. And this is the way our life needs to be lived. That we are constantly listening to God throughout the day to see where he's leading or where he is pushing us or where he doesn't want us to go. We need to be checking in. I mean, if he is the king of the universe and he is our Lord, then it's a good thing to check in with him. And it's a good thing to hear his voice. I mean, if you're working for a company, uh, it's good to check in with the boss to know what you should be doing. And we need to be people who are checking in with God through his word, but also through hearing his voice voice. And this is what we're going to be uh, talking about throughout this series. We often talk about having a personal relationship with God. Uh, the Bible uses that language often about us being the bride and, and Jesus being the groom or us being his children and, and him being our father. Uh, for instance, in, in Romans 8, it says, you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry Abba. And this is a very intimate Greek word. The idea is daddy. Daddy, Father, the Spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are God's children. Now, do you, have you ever heard of a wonderful relationship between a father and a child where there is no communication? It's amazing sometimes that people say, well, I don't believe God speaks anymore. How does that work when you say you have a personal relationship with God yet never hear his voice? Uh, John 15 says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. Have you ever heard of friends who never talk to each other? It doesn't exist. And so when we're talking about having a personal relationship with the God of this universe, it is just a given that we should be able to hear his voice. And the reality is that all of us here can hear the voice of of God. And if you're here saying, I've just never heard the voice of God, I don't know what that looks like, then if you stick with us, I will guarantee you that all of you will be hearing God speak to you uh, often in, in your life. There are two things about hearing the God that we uh, want to talk about today. And the first one is it is for the most part learned. And second, it is to be a natural and normal part of our 
Christian life. This is not just something reserved for, you know, people who you think are super spiritual. This is to be a natural part of your life. Just as a bride and his groom talk, as a father and a child talks, as friends talk, we should be able to hear God's voice. Now, first of all, uh, hearing God's voice is not always automatic. And this is where people get frustrated sometimes. I have talked to people who are so almost angry with God or frustrated because they're like, God never speaks to me. I can never hear his voice. And I don't know, God must not like me or God is angry with me. And I don't know why these people can hear God's voice. And, and they feel condemnation. And that comes from the enemy. Because that's the enemy wants to do is always push you away make you feel condemned, make you feel that God doesn't really love you, so he's not talking to you. And often what people mistake is that they don't realize that a lot of times it's learned. And secondly, sometimes people just expect that God is always going to talk to them in an audible voice. That they sit down, okay, God, I got a question. They ask God a question, and they listen, and they're waiting for God to speak just as I am speaking to you. Now, there are times in the Bible where God does that, there are times when God does that for a certain few. My wife has heard God speak audibly at a very pivotal moment, difficult time in her life. I have never. And there are people who love Jesus and hear God's voice every day who, have, who live their entire lives without hearing God speak audibly. He doesn't always do that. It is more rare. And part of the reason is because God wants us to learn to live by faith, not just by easy rub the genie and have him speak to us in an audible voice. But for the most part, it is something that you will have to learn how to do. And sometimes people are shocked by that. What do you mean i got to learn how to hear the voice of God? Well, maybe this shouldn't be so surprising. Uh, Because there are, uh, all around us, things that are making noise that we don't hear. A little animal, a big animal. Do you know elephants and bats make noises that we can't hear with our ear? Uh, They're making noises. They're, They're speaking but we can't hear them. And do you know that even if you have said, I have never heard the voice of God, God is constantly speaking to you. It's just that you need to learn how to hear him. Uh, We can look at a radio. I think a radio is a good way to look at how God speaks. Uh, Right now, there are all kinds of radio stations, if you will, all kinds of words and songs going through the air right now. But I don't hear them. You don't hear them. But if I took a radio and took the little tuner dial thing and I tuned in, we would be able to hear it. And this is what it's like to hear God. We need to learn to tune in so that we can actually hear his voice. And again, this is a learned thing, and it shouldn't surprise us because this is how normal life works. When a little baby is born, that little baby can't necessarily uh, recognize their parents' voice. Maybe they hear some sort of noise, but wouldn't know if the parents are talking to the baby or to someone else. I mean, a child has to learn language before they hear. Now, Jesus said of us that when we enter into the kingdom that we are, are born again. And so it shouldn't be surprising that when we're born naturally, it takes time to learn our parents' voice. And when we are born into the kingdom, that we need to learn to tune in, to learn to actually hear God's voice. And really, this is not a lot of difference that if if I went to some foreign country, and I wouldn't know whether people are talking to me or not, because I don't know the language. And so part of what we're going to do throughout the series is learn the language of God, learn how to tune in so that we can actually hear God's voice, because this is something that is super, super important in in our life. We see that people in the Bible had to learn uh, 
God's voice. In, in the book of Samuel, Samuel, who was a prophet and judge, when he was small, it says that Samuel was, uh, Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, or the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli, who was the high priest. He actually thought it was someone else talking to him. And said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. And another time God called to him. And again, he thought it was Eli. And so he runs into Eli's room and says, uh, what do you want? And Eli says, I didn't say anything. And Eli says, well, maybe it's God speaking. Go back and listen again. And that's what he did. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. He did not recognize God's voice right, now, right away. And if you are here and you think you have never heard God's voice, he has been speaking to you all the time. It just may be that you have not learned to recognize his voice. And sometimes we just think we don't hear him because, again, we're expecting something totally supernatural in terms of an audible voice or an angel showing up. And sometimes God does that, but most often it is a very still, small voice. For instance, have you ever been reading the Bible and you're reading along and all of a sudden a verse just jumps out at the page and grabs your heart? That is God speaking to you. That is God saying, this verse at this time is important. This is God speaking. Maybe you've been listening to a sermon, and you felt that, why is Jesse speaking right at me? It's like he knew what happened in my life. I don't know what's happening in your life, but God does. That is God speaking. Maybe you've been in a time when you've been in a conversation with somebody, and all of a sudden, you just get the most brilliant answer out of nowhere. All of a sudden, it's like, where'd that come from? And, and you just say, it's like, wow, that was new to me, too. I mean, that is God speaking. Maybe you've been even watching a movie. Maybe it's even a secular movie and some storyline on that movie you've been watching. All of a sudden, God speaks to you about how that relates to you and him or you and someone else. And all of a sudden, you, your emotions are, are broken a little bit. That's, that's God speaking. You have heard the voice of God. And we're going to learn together how to do that even better. But I want to touch on this, and that is the idea, does God still speak today? Because there are some, they seem to be getting fewer and fewer, but there are some Christians and groups of Christians who believe that God does not speak anymore today. And they would be, uh, for the most part, labeled under a theological world called, uh, called cessationism, or cessationist, which would, they would say that any of the miraculous gifts... Gifts of healing, gifts of miracles, tongues, prophecy, hearing God, that those have all ceased. In other words, God does not speak anymore today. Now, the difficulty with that position is simply you can't find it in this book. You can't. It's nowhere in here. If you sit down with a cessationist and say, okay, please just show me somewhere in the scripture why you believe this theology, and they can't find it. It's nowhere in there. They would say, just out of their philosophizing, that when the Bible was completed, that there was no more need for God to speak anymore. That once the Bible was completed, there was no more need for prophecy, there was no need for hearing God, there was no need for healing and these miraculous gifts, but it's like still people are sick and still we need to hear God. And Now there is one verse that sometimes 
cessationists will point to. Now, most scholars who are in the cessationist camp don't even point to this because they know that it's taking it out of context, but some will point to this in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, but where there are prophecies, now, prophecy is hearing God. I mean, very simple. I mean, sometimes that word freaks us out, prophecy. Prophecy is simply hearing God about a person's situation and speaking it. There's nothing scary. There's nothing odd at all. It's just hearing God and speaking it. That's, in essence, prophecy. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge or the, the gift of knowledge, like in, in, the, in the conversation, you just know something about that person. God has imparted knowledge to you. It will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. And they would say, aha, look, when perfection comes, there is no more need for hearing God. No more need for hearing God and speaking it out in prophecy. No more need for hearing God in the gift of tongues or interpretation of tongues. No more need of hearing God in terms of knowledge. And they would say perfection was the completed canon of Scripture. That when the Bible was completed, that is perfection. And now we no longer need to hear God's voice anymore. Because whenever God speaks, you just open this book, and he does not speak at any other time. The problem with this is... This is not what this text is saying at all. It says, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. And so there should be no more imperfect at all. But, man, there's still a lot of imperfection around. Now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then when perfection comes, we will see face to face. And we don't see Jesus perfectly face to face. We don't see things perfectly clear. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Do we now know fully? There are a lot of things we don't know. We look at so many things like in a foggy mirror like this text uh, talks about. I mean, we don't know why the tragedy happened this week with Devin. We don't. We do not know fully. This perfection is only talking about one person, and that is Jesus. There's only one who is perfect. When the return of Christ happens and Jesus returns, it is then we will see face to face. It is then we will see and know fully. This is not speaking about the idea of the miraculous passing away because the, the reality is the miraculous happens all the time. And there is nowhere, 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 nowhere found in Scripture where it says these things are going to pass away or not happen anymore. And if you've had any conversations with people who uh, think that the miraculous gifts are no longer for today or hearing God, that if you hear God, it's never actually God, it's a demon or it's your own pizza or that God doesn't speak anymore. Here's what I found. If you really push people, it'll come down to two reasons. And here they are. A reaction to abuse or the lack of experience. A lot of times people say, well, I've seen prophecy abused, or I've seen hearing God abused, and people think they hear God, and it's not God, and I've seen the gift of healing abused, and so we shouldn't do those things as Christians because they're just abused all the time. It's true. They are abused. It is true. We are not always going to hear God correctly. But just because something is abused does not mean that we should disuse it or not use it anymore. I mean, the Bible's super clear on this. I mean, in 1 Thessalonians, it says this, do not treat prophecy, the idea of hearing God and speaking it out, do not treat prophecies with contempt. 
Why would he say that? Why would someone want to treat prophecy or the idea of hearing God with contempt? Probably because it was abused. Probably because they had a bad experience with it. But Paul does not say because it's been abused, you should just not do it anymore. He says this, but test them all. When we hear, think we hear God, when there's a prophecy, test them. Not just some, but all of them need to be tested. When something is abused, the answer is not disuse, it is correct use. And the very funny thing that I find is funny is that people say, well, I see healing and miracles and, and he, uh, hearing God abused, so we shouldn't do it. I tell you, the thing that is abused more than anything else is the gift of teaching. Way more than that other stuff. We never say, well, because there's some bad teachers out there, we should never have teachers anymore. No, we say, you better teach correctly. And I want you to teach according to this book, because we want to test it all. And you should always, always, always be testing everything I say by this book. And if I'm off, please, please, please come talk to me. Let's have a conversation, because, man, I'm not the big all and the be all here. Jesus is, and this, this book is. And so the answer to abuse is not, well, I'm not going to do it, it's, Let's just use this correctly. Secondly, and this is actually the real reason pretty much most cessationists don't believe in the right, is because of a lack of experience. Well, I've never seen a healing. I've never experienced a healing. And I prayed for my mom or I prayed for my aunt and they never were healed. And so to try to, to put away the pain, they say, well, God just must not heal anymore. Or I was trying to hear God in this desperate situation, and I never heard his voice, so I just conclude that, that God doesn't speak to more. And it's an easy line that people can draw so they just don't have to deal with it. They don't have to deal with the pain. They don't have to, to learn this whole new thing. And so often the real reason is actually a lack of experience. And I will tell you, if you are here, and if you've never experienced hearing God, it's nothing to get anxious over or stressed out about. It's, we just got to learn to tune in. And you can hear the voice of God. Now, secondly, we want to look at today is this. That hearing God really should be just a natural, normal part of our Christian life. It's not like, say, whoa, I heard God today. This is blew me out of the water. Just like friends, a bride and his groom, a father and his son, we're in relationship with God. We should hear his voice. And this is what Jesus said. My sheep, that's us, hear my voice, not may hear, but they, they hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. John 16, talking about the Spirit. When the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth requires some sort of communication. He can't guide you into truth without communicating to you. I mean, he, again, He speaks. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. <laughs> the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And he will declare to you things that are to come. Now, for the Holy Spirit to declare something to us means, again, that the Holy Spirit speaks. I mean, this is Jesus talking. I mean, one verse should be enough but there are hundreds of verses in the Bible of people hearing God. Do you know that every single chapter in the book of Acts, which is the story of the early church, which is the story of what Christianity looks like, every single chapter has some sort of example of a Christian hearing God's voice. 
It's not something like one chapter out of the entire, like every chapter. Again, God is saying this is to be a normal, natural part of our Christian walk to be hearing God. For instance, in Acts 13, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit speaks. Now, we don't know how he said this, but most likely this was through prophecy. That as they were praying and fasting, someone in the church felt that God was saying, you know, I think we need to set uh, Paul and Barnabas apart. And, and they say, you know, I think God is saying to us, we need to set Paul and Barnabas apart. And everybody says, you know, I think that's what God is saying. And they bless him, the Holy Spirit speaking. In Acts 16, it says, Paul and his companions traveled through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. God did not want them to go there at that moment. There is no verse in this Bible that says, don't go right now to preach in the, uh, in the province of Asia. There are some things we need to know that aren't found in this book, that we need to hear God. And they either heard the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit sp spoke through some sort of circumstance that kept them from going. And then when they came to the body of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Again, somehow God was speaking to them. So they passed through Mysia and went to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision. Sometimes God will speak through dreams or through visions through, for direction. Of a man in Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Notice it says concluding. We're not always 100% positive sometimes if God is speaking. Sometimes it's like this. We got to, you know, I really feel that God is telling us that uh, we need to preach to these people. I think that's what God is saying, and that's what it seems to be. Sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's not so clear. But clearly, just in this little text, we see that this mission was saturated in hearing God's voice. And so too with our life and our daily walk, there are so many things like, you know, don't preach in Asia. We don't want you to go to Bithynia that aren't found in this book. And so we need to be hearing God's voice. Scripture can't be correctly understood apart from hearing the Holy Spirit. This is how just common it is and how necessary it is for us to hear God's voice. The scripture can't even be fully understood without hearing the voice of God. I think we have put too much weight and emphasis on human scholarship to a place where if we want to know what the Bible says, well, let's go check out the scholars. Let's go check out the biblical people. And I'm not saying nothing against scholars. They are needed. They're wonderful. Some of them love Jesus, and they have a place. But sometimes we rely too heavily on them. Where we first run to the scholar, we first run to the human and say, well, what does this mean? Rather than saying, God, what are you saying? Do you know who the, the, the Bible scholars were in Jesus' day? the Pharisees and teachers of the law. The people who knew the scriptures the best were the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And this is what Jesus said to them. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. They knew the scriptures inside and out, yet they missed Jesus. 
They could not come to an understanding of what the whole Old Testament spoke about on their own. We need to hear the voice of God to properly even understand Scripture. Even Peter, who was a disciple, could not understand the Scripture until it was revealed to him through the Spirit. Jesus asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, and Simon Peter was a Jew. He would have probably had most of the Bible, if not all of it, memorized the Old Testament. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. And sometimes we're just like, I can know everything there is to know through other human beings. Now, sometimes God is speaking through scholars and other human beings, and we can learn from that. Again, I love scholars. I have my master's in biblical studies. I love theology. But we cannot come to a full understanding at times unless we are hearing the voice of God. Do you know what's interesting about the Christmas story? Not a single person arrived at the scene or was involved in the Christmas story because they read it in the Bible. Mary, when she had the Holy Spirit conceived in here, did not come to that understanding by reading this book, but through an angel, God speaking. Joseph, when he was about to divorce Mary because, you know, he thought she was fooling around or something because this was a miraculous conception, did not choose to stay with Mary because he read it in this book, but because he had a dream he heard from God. The three shepherds, or the shepherds, that, however many they were, that came to the manger scene did not get there by reading it in the Bible, but by having angels come up and hearing the voice of God. The wise men did not arrive fully by reading the Bible. There was some understanding there, but they arrived there, or sometime after, by God speaking through a star, circumstances. When Jesus goes into the temple when he's a little bit older, Simeon and Anna did not arrive fully at the conclusion because they recognized Jesus as the Messiah, did not come to the full conclusion that Jesus was Messiah through reading the Bible, but it was through God speaking to them. Now, don't get me wrong here. I'm not lessening this book. This book is our authority. This book I preach out of. This trumps all of the revelation, but God speaks to us sometimes outside of this book. Sometimes God is speaking to us to help us understand this book. It is all throughout the scriptures. There are things that God wants to show you about your workplace you're not going to find in here. There are things that God is wanting to speak to you about your family and your marriage and maybe a next step that you're not necessarily going to find in here. Now, all revelation, if we hear something with God, I mean, this is authority, needs to be judged by this book. If you think you're hearing God and it doesn't come in line with this book, you're not, you're not hearing God correctly. John 14 says, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Again, this is the idea of God speaking, that God brings things to our remembrance. Now also, uh, we've talked about this a bit, but scripture teaches that there is revelation besides the Bible, and this can make people really, really nervous when you say there is revelation besides the Bible. So let me be clear again. This is the only infallible source of revelation. Any other revelation has to be judged by this. And so if you're like listening to God and you feel that God is saying, you know, it's okay, Jesse, for you to be unforgiving and bitter towards that person. 
you didn't hear God correctly. Because the Bible says you, you have to forgive and you can't be bitter. If you're listening to God and God says, you know, it's okay for you to live as an isolated Christian. You don't need any other Christians. You know you're not hearing God correctly. Because we need each other. We're, we're the body of Christ. But clearly, 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 the Bible says God is speaking not only through this book, but in other ways. In 1 Corinthians 14, this is a little picture of what happened in the early church, by the way. They couldn't necessarily gather in large settings like this because uh, there were no church buildings at that time because the church was new and they just met in people's houses and they could pack maybe up to 30 at the most in some of these houses. Sometimes there was larger gatherings in the temple. But in these smaller gatherings, this is what it says. When you come together, each of you has a hymn. And each has a lesson. And we do this. We, we sing. It's kind of like a hymn. We have a lesson. I, I'm teaching you right now. But look what else it says. A revelation. That people come together, they sing, they hear a lesson, and then there's a revelation. Or someone, I mean, I, even last week, I think Lyle did this, and maybe this was like, what was that? I mean, this was actually a normal part where someone would come back, I think I hear God saying to us as a church. You know, I felt God say this to me this week, that there is revelation, and it's to be a part of the normal activity as Christians. Again, this is to be normal part of the Christian life. A tongue or interpretation of a tongue, that again requires hearing God in order to interpret a tongue. Let all things be done for building up. Ephesians 1, I, I keep asking, this is a prayer from Paul, I keep asking that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Paul saying, I pray that you would just have a greater spirit of being able to hear God, that the Holy Spirit would be speaking to you, that you would be listening. Paul is praying that for his people. Galatians 2, 14 years later, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along. I went in response to a revelation. Not something he found in God's word, but God spoke to him. And there are times when we need to respond to revelations that God gives us, that he will speak to us, and we need to say, yes, Lord, I, I, will, I will do that. Second Timothy, anyone who completes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Now notice what Paul says. He's writing scripture here. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. In other words, Paul is saying, Timothy, reflect on this, and God will speak to you. It's just a given for Paul. This is a normal part of the Christian life, that reflect on this, and God is going to speak. That we, as followers of Jesus, we all can be in a place where this is a normal part, and we're going to learn how to do this throughout this series that we're going through. And every time at the end of our message, we're going to try to make this uh, a little bit practical. So we're going to do a little practicum at the end of each session. Now, we haven't gone through much, but we're going to try something uh, today. I'm going to invite Danielle up here because she can play on the piano. And, uh, and what we're going to do is just I'm going to put a question up. And you're going to ask God this question, and then you're going to listen. Don't listen for an audible voice, but listen for it's often going to be the first word, the first thought, it might be a picture, it might be an image that pops into your mind. And we're going to talk about how to discern those things. We're going to talk about, was that me or my pizza or whatever? Uh, we're going to talk about those things. One of the questions is going to be, uh, 
God, what do you think about me? And we ask that question, some of us are so used to hearing condemnation that one of the first things that we're going to hear is something con- con- condemning. And what we're going to learn to do is learn to tune out the enemy and tune into the Father's heart. You want to be tuning into the Father's heart. Jesus said when you ask for the Holy Spirit, you're not going to receive a scorpion or a snake. You don't have to freak out that, you know, oh, you know, Satan's going to get me. I mean, no, he, he wants to give you the Holy Spirit, and he wants to speak to you. Now, we'll talk a lot more on this, but, but just what is the first word, thought, or picture that pops into your mind? And sometimes you might say, well, that kind of sounds like me, that thought. Do you know the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ? Like when God speaks, he's often going to actually speak through our mind. It, sometimes it's going to sound like us. And the reality is this is not so strange because, you know, we call this God's word. But have you ever noticed when you read Paul, it sounds like Paul? And you read Matthew, it sounds like Matthew? And you read Peter, it sounds like Peter. It doesn't all sound the same. And when God speaks to us, he's going to speak into a picture, a thought, or a word into our mind. And, and it's okay if it sounds a little bit about you because you are you. And God is in you, working through you. So here's the first question. Ask God, uh, what do you want me to be thankful for? And just listen for the first word. He might be a picture in your mind. And when you get that word or phrase or picture, then just spend some time thanking him for it. God, what do you want us to be thankful for today? Anybody got anything anybody want to share what God said to them? Yeah, Ted. Thanks, Ted. Yeah. Yeah, Marina. Yeah. Liz and Sam, yeah. Yeah, how about Robin? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ashley. Yeah, freedom to worship. Yeah. All right, let's go into our next question here. And again, this one might stretch you a little bit in terms of filtering out. Uh, condemnation from yourself or from the enemy, and to just to tune into what God is saying to you. To ask God, uh, God, what do you think of me? Let's ask God that question. God, what do you think of me?
Anybody want to share anything that they heard God say? Yeah, Mandy. Hmm. Yeah, thank you, Mandy. Yeah, Isabel. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Marina. Hmm. That's awesome. Thank you, Marina. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, Ted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Ashley. The husband loyal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Michelle. Robin, <laughs> yeah, sometimes he will give you a scripture passage, yeah, and he speaks that way, yeah, Michelle, hmm, yeah, that's awesome, yeah, Kagan, yeah, that's awesome, yeah, thanks, Kagan. And if you're here and you're just like, I'm just not getting anything, uh, it's okay. Don't, the worst thing you can do is get stressed out. Uh, the worst thing you do is start getting anxious. Uh, it's not your job to speak. It's God's job. And, uh, and we're going to learn how to, to tune in more as, as we go. But one more, and that is sometimes God will speak through things you see in nature or around you or a movie or a scene or whatever it might be. Uh, look at this picture and ask God, God, what are you saying to me? through this picture. God, what are you saying to me through this picture? Anybody want to share anything that they got from God? Yeah, Michelle. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah, Paula. Hmm. You're my child, yeah. Yeah, Ted. Awesome. 
Yeah, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, Karen. Yeah, Vera. Vera. Yeah. Maybe one more? Anybody else? Oh, Patricia. Okay, back there. Hmm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I felt God say, I want to show you many amazing things, but you got to stick close to me. Yeah, make sure I got it up there. If you want some homework, uh, one of the best ways to actually do this is uh, through a journal and uh, is to write. Uh, one of the reasons sometimes it's hard to hear God's voice is because we get distracted and lots of things we're thinking here and there. Uh, to write down the question and then just start writing down what you feel God is saying to you. Okay? And then once you've gotten written out, then you can check it against God's word and maybe check it with someone else. Uh, but it's one of the most helpful ways in hearing God. And a lot of people find the easiest way to start hearing God is, is through journaling. It just keeps your keeps your mind focused. So next week, we're going to continue uh, talking about um, hearing God's voice. At this time, I'm going to invite the worship team up, and uh, we're going to enter into our ministry time. If uh, any of you need prayer for any reason, uh, the prayer team is going to be over there, and if you have needs, you need a physical healing, you need uh, help emotionally, or you have a friend in need, or just whatever it is, uh, don't allow yourself to be kept from going to prayer. Uh, God does wonderful, wonderful things, so please come up for prayer. If uh, you feel that uh, you just need to go in fellowship, um, you can head out into the foyer and, uh, and chat away out there. If you just want to stay in worship and just spend some time in the presence of God and, and honoring Him and worshiping Him, we're going to do two more songs. And so, uh, God, we just invite you to minister through us, through fellowship, through prayer, and God, as we worship you. Uh, God, this morning we thank you, God, that you speak. And God, as we go on this journey of hearing you, we pray, God, that you would help us, God, to tune in, to tune into your voice, God, that we might know you better. In Jesus' name, amen.